Welcome to the jungle. And yes, welcome to church. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was a uh, toss-up whether we did uh, Dora the Explorer song or this. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of you are living in the jungle. And it is anything but fun and games in your life right now. You know, life in the jungle can get rough. It's harsh. It's untamed. Sometimes it's, it's lawless. The only law that exists is the survival of the fittest. You know, the jungle, it's dangerous. I think at times it can even be deadly. Life in the jungle, uh, the fact is, for some, it is a fight to survive. It's exhausting. It's isolating. Life in the jungle will change you. The longer you live in the jungle, I think what happens is the more influenced you are by the surroundings, by your environment, by the culture. And if you're not careful, what will happen, you will either start living like an animal or it's going to bring you down in life. And here's my prayer for this series, and I've been praying this over the last month. My prayer is that the jungle that you live in will bring you to your knees. Because I believe when that happens, change is possible. And so welcome to the jungle. Welcome to this series, Off the Map. We're going to talk about change over the next few weeks. The fact is, we all have things in our lives that we need to change In fact, many of you, as you look at your life today, there's some area where you would look and you would say, I need to change. And I'm going to say something that's pretty shocking. Uh, I don't want to bring you down, but here we go. I can't change. I can't change. In fact, on three, I want you to say that with me. One, two, three. I can't change. And before you check out on me, I want you to let that statement just sink in for a minute. I can't change. I can't change. Friends, because change is only possible when I admit that I can't change. Only God can bring change in your life. See, God's the change agent in this life. God changes us from the inside out. I do not have the ability on my own to make real change, lasting change. But when I fall on my knees before God, change is possible. Because it's on our knees that we find forgiveness, we find hope, And we find the power to change as we allow God to kind of fill our lives with his Holy Spirit. Change becomes possible. 
as we move God inside us, we're able to change outside. And this is a significant shift in thinking. See, change isn't just surviving. Real change, you begin to thrive in life. I mean, change isn't just a little tweak here and there, you know, a few superficial modifications and adjustments in our lives. We're we're not talking about that kind of superficial change. We're talking about real change, real life change, change that's transforming. It's a kind of change that is only possible when you go off the map with God and allow God to begin to, to guide you. See, in the jungle, it's hostile. Do you ever notice that in life? Maybe in the workplace or wherever. It's hostile. We're, in what we do, we're always adapting to our culture. We're always shifting. We're always making adjustments. And we make these kind of superficial changes. And what happens when we make those changes, it kind of gives you a boost. It's a survival technique. So when life gets challenging, when it gets hard, when it gets unruly, what we do to kind of cope with it is we make a change. I mean, we change all kinds of things. We change our hair color. We feel better about ourselves. We change our outfits. We change our cars. We change jobs. We change our houses. We change our spouses. And I I want you to listen very carefully here. I believe that our desire for change, it comes from God. The desire for change is not the issue. It's our execution of change that's the real problem. See, God wants to make changes in our life, but he wants to do it from the inside out. And we know, we know we need change in certain areas. And so we make changes, these these cosmetic changes. And we believe that by changing something outside, we're going to change inside. And at some point, after about the hundredth superficial change in your life where you're exchanging stuff, you think you would come to the conclusion, some of you have already, this isn't working. This change isn't lasting in my life. I want to ask you something. Let's just be honest for a moment. How many more types of changes do you have to make in your life before you surrender? You know, these are, are, the fact is there are things we all need to change. But you have to come to a point where you get on your knees before God and you say, I can't change, but God, I know you can change me. You know, several years ago, uh, we were uh, on vacation in Mexico, Cindy and I, and we took an overnight trip uh, out to the jungles of Chichen Itza, and it's where the Mayan ruins are. And it was amazing. I mean, the jungle, it was hot. It was thick, it was wild, it was harsh. Did I say it was hot? I mean, it was seriously hot. And I'll have to be honest, it was a little bit intimidating, especially at nighttime uh, 
our our guide, I remember him taking us, we waited for it to get really dark out, and he was taking us back to the ruins, back to the pyramids, and we were going to watch a laser light show. And uh, it was a spectacular show. But getting back there was a bit unnerving. The, The path was skinny. It's pitch black, couldn't see anything. Lots of jungle noises, stuff I've never heard. And our guide had an itty-bitty, tiny flashlight. And he told us, he said, you need to be very careful, watch where you're stepping. There are poison snakes, there are wild animals. He said, you know, there are jaguars here and pumas and howler monkeys. And, and you know, at that point, I'm like, I'm staying close. <sighs> I mean, the guide said, stay close follow me, and that's exactly what we did. I I wasn't sure exactly where we were going, but I knew I wanted to stay close to him. I I was confident in him as my guide because he'd grown up in the jungle. I was confident that he knew what he was doing. I never once, as we were walking back to there, thought, well, you know, I appreciate you offering to guide us, but hey, I'm taking the lead here, you know. I let the guide guide. I'm going to give you a heads up in this series. It is going to challenge some of you. It's going to challenge your ego. It's going to challenge some of your basic instincts. But if you're going to be successful navigating the jungle of life... You must surrender to God at some point. You must let God guide you. And it's a trust thing. And there's a verse that's been kind of core as uh, we were developing this series. And it's this. Isaiah, God's speaking here. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ear will hear a voice behind you. It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit saying, This is the way, walk in it. That challenges our natural instinct, doesn't it? It goes against the law of the jungle. Everyone for themselves. Anything goes. You know, survival of the fittest. Kill or be killed. Dog eat dog. The law of the jungle. Christians, it drives us, doesn't it? I mean, what we think when we're in the jungle is, hey, I'll work harder. I'll work smarter. I'm going to come up with a comprehensive plan to defeat this issue or that issue. I I can change. I can do it on my own. And because we think we can what happens is we get frustrated because true change requires something more. At some point, you have to come to to that point before God and go, you know what, I'm powerless to change my problem. I know as I say that for some of you, you're going, sounds a little bit like 12-step program, you know, the powerlessness stuff. And you're you're right. Do you know that program? It was designed by a couple of alcoholics, a couple Christians, 1935. 
And the, the program, the foundation, was from God's Word. And, and we're going to look at some of the, the pieces of that through this series. But the first step to change is saying, you know what, God, I admit I am powerless to change my problem. And this is a huge shift. It's a huge step. In fact, how many of you, how many of you have something that you know you need to change? Come on, let's be honest. Come on. All right, all right. How many of you have tried to change that thing before? Do you see the hands here? All right, how many of you would admit you've tried many times to change? Come on, come on. We'll encourage each other. So let me get this right. You know you need to change. You've tried to change. So why haven't you changed? The fact is, many of you today are frustrated with your situation, whatever it is. If you were honest, you'd say, you know what, I'm frustrated with myself. Some of you are discouraged. What you're doing isn't working, and I want to suggest you need a new strategy. You know, have you ever admitted that you are powerless to make the change that you need to change, that thing? I mean, we all, we all have problems, right? And most of our problems are centered around one thing. The root of most of our problems is our sinful nature. The fact is we want to live by the law of the jungle. Take care of me. I do this. I'll be the strongest. And the fact is it's jamming you up. See, we want to be the boss, don't we? We want to forge our own future. We want to carve out our own path in life. We want to be autonomous. We want to be independent. I mean, we want to be king of the jungle. Some of you would roar and go, I know what's best for me. And you're playing God. And I know you're going, that sounds a little bit extreme. But you do it. I do it. And it jams us up. People have been doing it since the beginning of time. I mean, you can trace that kind of root of rebellion back to the original jungle, can't you? The Garden of Eden. I mean, in the jungle, Adam and Eve, they, they hear the evil one, the serpent. The reason God said, don't touch the tree, don't touch the fruit, it's because God knows if you touch it, you're going to be like what? God. You can be in control. If you eat the fruit, you'll be king of the jungle. And so they ate the fruit. And friends, we've been struggling with the issue of control ever since. It's an issue. It's a key issue in your life and mine. Who is and who will be king? It's about control. I mean, we, we try to control so much stuff. We try to control our image, don't we? How many of you have ever tried to control your image? I mean, I have. Now I think about Cindy and I, maybe we're out for dinner. 
and uh, we'll run into somebody the, from the church and uh, we're like, hey, how's it going? You know, it's great to see you. And I'll ask them how things are going at church and then we'll get talking about the restaurant. Like, yeah, we like to eat here. And finally, they'll call our name to, to be seated. And so Cindy and I will be eating dinner and maybe we're having an intense conversation. You ever have one of those? And if that happens, here's what I do. I try and act like everything's okay. Play it cool. See, I I don't want to be seen in a bad light. It's image control. I mean, does that sound familiar? You know, we, we want to control our image. We want to control our problems. You know, people see you, they go, hey, how's things going? Oh, things are great. They're really great. I mean, they're just fine. And the fact is, down deep, we're dying. We're bleeding. We're struggling. We're hurting. Sometimes life's just falling apart, and we're hurt. What do we do? We hide it. Can't let anybody know. Because if I do, I'm going to be vulnerable. Law of the jungle says, can't do that. I saw a shirt the other day. It was a great shirt. It had a dead cow on it. And the cow said, really, I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. See, we, we try to control our problems. We try to control our pain, don't we? And there's something about pain. God uses pain in our life. Often God will allow a crisis or a catastrophe in our life because God knows in that we might make a change. In fact, sadly, many times it's what it takes to make a change, to get our attention, to get us to admit that we're not king, that we're not in charge. As a couple of years ago, Cindy and I were staying in a hotel, and uh, they uh, were trying to set, or I was trying to set the alarm for the next morning. No joke, there's next to it a card, and it was detailed instructions on how to set the alarm. And so I started trying to set it, and it was one of these where it goes, step seven, press the arrow button. But before you press the arrow button... You know, first press the INT button, and it went through all this stuff. And I'll be honest, I got so frustrated, but it was like, I am not going to let this beat me. I'm going to get this, I'm going to figure it out. Fifteen minutes later, Cindy's like, seriously, honey, just let it go, you know. And so I thought I'd turn the alarm off, and I called down to get a wake-up call. Turn the lights out, whole room's bright from this clock. I I took a uh, towel, covered it up. It didn't take one towel. It took two towels to get the room where we could actually sleep and not feel like we were under bright lights. So about two in the morning, the alarm goes off and it was full black. I mean, I bolted out of bed and so I'm trying to deal with this in the dark, and I couldn't figure it out, and I had to turn the light on, and, you know, it finally I hit some buttons, it stopped, 
And so I thought, oh, good. Laid back down. Half hour later, boom, 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 you know. So I, I got up. I turned the lights on. I unplugged the clock. And you go, you dummy. That's what you should have done to start with. We try and cover up pain in our life, don't we? We try to camouflage the pain. I mean, we drink to deaden it. We smoke, we snort, we eat, whatever. We get angry. We criticize other people. We're, we're in control, though, or so we think. I mean, does that sound familiar? The, the root of the problem is we want control. And friends, you may roar, I'm king of the jungle. You may pretend you're in control, but inside you're not. And you know it. In fact, you're caged, aren't you? You're caged in, in things like fear. You know, when you, when you try and run the show, you will face fear in your life. I mean, at the root of the problem is our sinful nature. It's, it's what got Adam. You know, Adam, he, he still had pulp dripping from his lips. And what did he do? He runs and he hides. Why? Because he's afraid. And we hide. Because we can't deal with the fear, and the fear drives us into hiding. And I just wonder, anybody afraid today? Anybody afraid that people might find out who you really are? And so what we do, we put up masks, facades. And the fear ultimately will lead you to frustration in life. Paul, Paul understood this. He, he wrote these words. He says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Where in my inner being I delight in God's laws, but I see another law at work in me. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Paul says, I understand this. It is a battle. It's at work in our lives. What I want to be and who I am. What I desire to change and what I actually do are two different things. Anybody frustrated today? Friends, we are created to be free as Christians. But as long as we're trying to be king, we will be frustrated. We will become prisoners in this world and to the things that we want to break free from. I mean, not only are are we going to deal with the the fear and the frustration, but you will deal with significant levels of fatigue in your life. It will wear you out. It will rule your world at some point until you acknowledge and come to a point and you acknowledge your sin. You acknowledge that that you you can't get a handle on this stuff until until you stop trying to hide until you acknowledge that you are not king. See, the reason what you're doing and what I do sometimes, the reason why it doesn't work 
you were not created or designed to be king of your life. You weren't. Just any, anybody worn out these days? Anybody tired of being in captivity? Anybody longing to be free in their life? Anybody tired of failing in their life? The Proverbs says, you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show what? Mercy to you. It means to articulate loud and clear to God to just say, you know what, I've messed up. God, I I am in trouble here. God, I've got this problem, and you name it. This is where you go off the map with God. And friends, if you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this, okay? If you are going to change whatever it is that needs changed, you need God's help. You need God's help. while back, uh, Cindy and I uh, did something I hadn't done in a long time, and we uh, decided to rent a jet boat to kind of cruise around the Atlantic and golf. And um, anybody that knows me knows I have typical male issues, all right? I do not like to do something unless I'm really good at it. And I don't like to admit that I don't know some things. And I don't like to admit that I can't remember some things. (laughs) And so the guy we're renting from, he's kind of walking us through the boat and giving us some basic orientation. And and he asked me, he says, you got any questions? And I go, nah, I'm fine. I grew up around boats. He said, oh, great. Take it for a spin, bring it back in, and dock it. And so I'm cruising around, and I'm bringing it back in. Now, as I'm bringing it back in, I'm rapidly trying to recall kind of um, the docking techniques. You know, throttle forward, backward, that that kind of stuff. I'm dyslexic, okay? You know where this is going, right? (laughs) It was um, pretty uh, rough docking. The guy... um, Excuse me. Yeah, the guy um, gave me uh, that look that men give each other, which really translates, you're an idiot. He gave me the look, and I just go, I need some help. And then he gave me the, duh, and... uh, I said, what, what am I doing wrong? And so he gave me a couple reminders, and it started coming back to me, and we ended up having a, a great day. But many of us are in a situation, and we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to convince ourselves it's okay. I'll deal with this next year. It really isn't that bad. I I can control it. I can do it. I can figure it out. 
Friends, if you could control it, if you could figure it out, my question is, why haven't you done it? Ask God for help. Confess your sin, whatever it is. Admit, and this is hard, admit that you are not the king. It is the key to success. When you do that, when you take that step, finally, God shows mercy in the midst of that. At some point, you got to admit that you are powerless. Christians, new law in the jungle. It is a God-given law. It is a law that leads to freedom in your life, to admit you're powerless to change your life. You're, you're powerless to change your past. The fact is, we, we live in a world, and I've said this before, we live life. So, some people live life, and they've got this huge rearview mirror. I mean, it's big. And the windshield, itty bitty tiny. And we spend so much time gazing in that big rearview mirror, and it's destructive and it's dangerous. But we spend our time looking in that, going, oh, you know, that girl, she never called me back. My, my parents, my parents, I mean, they've really hurt me. I didn't get that job. If I'd have just got that job. Friends, got to quit looking in that review. We need to, to learn from our past. It helps give us perspective. But when you live looking in the giant rearview mirror and you live with a little tiny windshield in your life, you will not enjoy the present. And you will not get on with your life. You know, Paul writes, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He's talking about the future. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You know, one thing, reaching for it. I mean, there's one thing I want to help us in this series. I want to reduce the size of your rearview mirror in life. And I want to expand the windshield so that you can navigate and move forward. We are powerless, powerless to change our past. We're powerless to control others. We love to control others, don't we? I mean, uh, remember uh, Jim Henson uh, from Sesame Street? I mean, he master puppeteer, wasn't he? The Count, Bert and Ernie, Cookie Monster, Miss Piggy. I mean... He controlled everything, strings and wires. I mean, he, he, he was in charge. I try to control other people. So do you. And it's frustrating. Have you figured out? We are powerless to really control other people. The only thing that, that we should do, we should worry about ourselves And figuratively, let me encourage you, that person you're trying to control, just take the machete and cut the strings and go, I can't control them. I can love them, but I can't control them. 
You know, I'm powerless to control my habits in life. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're struggling with, that you keep trying to change and you can't change, you keep trying it and you just can't get there. You know, whatever it is that that you have tried over and over and over and can't do it, you have to come to a point and admit, I can't do this on my own. I mean, have you done that? Really? Have you done that? James writes, he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Every time I uh, fly, I, I will tell you something that just drives me crazy. Is when the plane's packed, there's always one person. There's always one that believes they're entitled to bring like five or six bags on board with them. You know, they're all, you ever notice that? And I watch these people, they, they're, they're whacking into people with their bags and they're annoying those around them and they're trying to claim space that isn't there. Do you mind if I set this on your lap for the trip? You know, that kind of thing. And the whole time, I, I just sit there and I go, this is just senseless. Check a few of the bags in. Lighten the load. I think God looks at your life and mine. I think God sees all this stuff we're trying to carry on the journey. And we're going, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for the trip. I'm with you. And God, God accepts us. But I I think God wants to say, you know what, before you get on board, let's take care of the bags, because you're really not very good at dealing with them. Why can't we admit that? I mean, why can't we admit that to the King of Kings? Why can't we admit that to the Lord of Lords? Admit that, that we really are powerless to deal with all this baggage and all of our problems on our own. You know, at some point, you've got to believe that God has the power to heal you and to change you. And how do you put that faith in him? Well, I think it's it's simple in that you've got to know that God can deal with it and God knows about your problems. I mean, when you comprehend God's character, when you realize God knows all about your stuff, nobody else may, but God does, I think it changes things. I'm going to date myself a little bit, but uh, Nike, years ago, they had a uh, commercial. It was, made millions for them. And it was about, it was the Bo Jackson commercials. How many of you remember that? Yeah. Bo knows. You know, Bo knows baseball, Bo knows football, and it was one of these classics. And I think we ought to run a campaign as Christians and say, God knows. God knows all. God knows everything. God's omniscient. God God knows all about my problems. And when you're in the jungle, I think it's really easy to think we're, we're just hidden away. You know, nobody really knows. Nobody knows the pain of losing my 
father. Nobody knows the pain of my wife or her husband walking out. Nobody knows the, that I'm dealing with pornography or alcohol. Nobody knows what I'm struggling with. Nobody knows. Well, friends, God knows. God absolutely knows what's going on in your life. You know, David writes, he says, you have seen me tossing and turning through the night. He's talking to God. You have collected all my tears and preserved them in your bottle. You have recorded every one in your book. I love that verse. Because when you're in the jungle and you're surrounded, when you're looking and you don't think there's any way out, you're, you're not sure if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it. There is something powerful about knowing that there's a God that knows and God's got a bottle and it's got your name on it. It's got my name on it. And it's full of tears. And God's counted every single tear. I find that encouraging, that God cares that much. See, I can't hide anything from God. There's nothing on the sly. Go, ha, God didn't catch that. God always knows. Nothing goes unnoticed, nothing. Last time we uh, traveled out of the country... um, we uh, got to the check-in. We're going getting ready to leave. They put our bags up on the counter. The officials all gathered around, unzipped the bags, took everything, everything out, spread it out. I mean, they spread it out. Everybody's watching. You know, I mean, everything was out there: socks, underwear, the whole bit. And it it felt a little violated, you know, in that moment. But friends, I want to suggest that you let God do that in your life. That you realize God already knows what's in the bags. God already knows the problems. God, God, you might as well just spread it out and just say, here it is, God. God sees it all. God knows it all. Tell God about the problem, that thing that you'd like to change. Because he already knows about it. See, I think... There's a point where God's just waiting for you to throw that stuff up on the counter, whatever it is, and check it in with him. God knows about my problems, and get this, God's sympathetic to them. You know, the Bible says God's like a father. And I think sometimes we mess up here because immediately our minds race to our, our earthly father's. And when we do that, you know, and make that shift, I think we come up short. I mean, even if you've got a great dad, I know as a father, many times I've messed up. But God, God is always sympathetic. God is always there. God is always wanting to love us and forgive us and help us. And God's perfect. He knows what it's going to take. And sometimes if you just let that sink in, it's like, really? God knows about all my junk, all my stuff, all my problems. And he's sympathetic anyway. God knows about all of it. And he cares. And he loves me. And it's kind of that whoa moment. 
God cares, but here's the thing. You've got to believe God can change your situation. Sometimes he will change me so I can deal with my situation. And sometimes he makes change possible. The longer you put off change in your life, the more opportunities you're going to miss in life. Ephesians, Paul writes, he says, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You know that that word believe up there? It's not just intellectual assent. It is, I have faith in God. I put my full weight on God. I believe in God. I trust God. A, A God that... The same power. He's going to display it that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. That's power, friends. God doesn't have a power shortage. God doesn't have a power failure. God has the power to do what needs to be done. God can do it. Change is possible, but you've got to have God with you. See, life is a jungle. And what God is offering everybody here today is help and assistance and guidance. And here's the big thing, power to do what needs to be done. Philippians, Paul writes, he says, yes, it is God who's working in you. He helps you want to do what pleases him and gives you the power to what? Do you catch that last sentence there? I mean, first of all, God's working in you, helping you, he's guiding you, and he gives you the power to do what you need to do. In other words, you can't do it with your own willpower. It'll get you so far, but you need something more. You need something more. God will give you the will and the power to do what you need to do. All right? Let's bow in a word of prayer to God. Our holy God, God, we come to you, and I know we all got different things that we need to change, but God, I pray you just give us the courage to just say, I can't. I'm powerless to change. I've tried to change this a hundred times. But God, I know you through your Holy Spirit can give me the power to do what needs to be done. God, I pray that whether we turn to the left or the right, that we'd be sensitive to your Spirit, that we would uh, go the way that you would have us go. Today, Lord, I just ask that we lay that stuff before your feet and allow you to guide us to just come to that realization that it's with you that change is possible. God, open our hearts and our minds. 
May we lean on you and trust you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to just remain seated. A very simple thing this morning. Um, I want you to think about that thing that you want to change. That thing that maybe you've tried to change a hundred times and a hundred times you failed. That thing that's frustrating you, jamming you up. And all I want you to do this morning is at some point is the, the band's sharing with us uh, that just in faith you just say, you know what, God, I'm giving it to you. Make a point of being here through this series. We're going to get into detail. I really, you know, you go, I think I got it. I can't change without God. If you got that, then it was, this is a good morning. This is a good morning. But there'll be Prayer teams down front afterwards, you want to come down and say, hey, pray with me. They'll, they'll pray with you. But uh, just think about what it is that you need to give to God. And we're going to start walking by faith here. So.